0: The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance brought to you by Toyota Financial Services. Toyota Financial Services is an authorised FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Warren Ingram, Executive Director, Galileo Capital, and a personal financial advisor with us again. And I don't know if you remember back to 2019, Warren. I was like going, oh, goodness me, I can't wait for the year to end. 2020 is going to be so much better. We then get into COVID and it's like, oh, 2021, I can't wait for 2021. Get to the end of 2021, it's like, oh, thank goodness it's 2022. I don't know. We've got this weird sort of mapping of our lives year on year on year. And each one of the years that has gone by in the last five has been, you know, significantly challenging. And as we look towards 2023, I'm going, I'm too scared to look at 2023. It's been, you know, it's got worse and worse and worse. But you're going to help us through that, I hope.
1: I'll do my best. and and maybe the the one one thing to give you a little bit of peace of mind uh, about where we are right now is it it feels a little bit from an investment point of view that that the world is starting to turn the right side up. Uh, I, I feel uh, the world kind of went a little bit upside down uh, you know after two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine when when especially the central banks in the US and Europe started to cut interest rates on such a long and sustained basis that you eventually got to the point where it cost you a fortune just to store money in a bank and it wasn't in fees. It was an in interest that the bank was charging you to give the bank money. And, and for me, that was, you know, I, I, I mean, all my economics and, and finance textbooks, they, they, they weren't designed for that kind of a situation. Yeah. So, so what we're living through now, Bruce, is, is kind of the world. You know, writing itself. The ship is going from you know being completely upside down, where you know the propeller is in the air and everything else is under water, and now all of a sudden uh, we're, we're right side up. The, the The ship is certainly not going in any direction; it's just bobbing around at the moment, and 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 that's very unsettling. But we can start to do some calculations, and we can start to understand how how this world works, and and the medicine that the world is busy taking now, which is which is rising interest rates to 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 combat inflation, all of those things. For us as South Africans, it's pretty normal. It's 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 pretty usual stuff. It's it's things we understand very well, which also means we know how this uh, how, how this story starts to unwind. All the bad news and and the kind of the if it's a story at the moment, it's a horror story. But but I think I think we we know what the light at the end of the tunnel will be, and and it's not a train. It's it's you know the end of inflation, and and then the result that that reserve banks around the world and and in our country firstly'll we'll stop raising interest rates and then at some point start to to reduce interest rates and and take the the, the pain some of the pain out of the economic system all of that is, I think, good news for us because we're not in a, a situation where we're dealing with a pandemic or the collapse of the financial system, which is what we were dealing with in, in 2008, where, where we were all eventually very worried that the world might end in, in, a, in a financial term. That This is kind of normal stuff. This is a, a normal market cycle and, and we know how cycles go in this environment. So, okay. long story short, I think we're okay.
0: OK, but but there is you know, the, this idea that there should be a rebound and uh, the jay recovered remarkably, actually, uh, over the last three months. Even as the news cycle, the news flow in South Africa has got darker and darker and harder and harder, um, markets have recovered quite nicely to about seventy two, seventy three thousand 73,000 on the all share index. So as we then look into 2023 and beyond and saying OK, so, you know, interest rates are likely to be peaking. Um, they make up once or twice more. Inflation doesn't immediately recede back down to the 2% target rate, which is what central banks in Northern Hemisphere countries like. It may take some time for that to occur, but markets are likely to respond in anticipation of that fact. And so we could actually have a pretty good 2023, is I think what I'm hearing you say
1: i i'm i'm except for the very last part around time frames i think i think that's maybe the mistake we, we've been making from 2019 20 and then 21 is we, we kept putting quite short time frames on why when things will get better i i i agree with you that the markets will look forward and, and start to anticipate uh you know you know better days ahead but but you know whether that that happens at the end of this year the end of march next year or june uh, I, I mean i think we we need to just Kind of say to ourselves, we're, we're in it now. We're probably, you know, we, if we're not at the bottom of the pit, we're very close to the bottom. Uh, let's just, you know, not make big decisions based on the world will get better by March, and and let's let's start investing according to that. I, I think it's just a case of saying, uh, for now. Uh, the, the, this is probably as close to to the, to the end of the bad news as we're going to get, and 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 then let's wait for the good news. What, what worries me a little bit about global markets and and maybe in South Africa as well is that fund managers. And investors are are kind of if if I have to use another um, an analogy, you know, we're we're driving our cars and we're starting to put our foot on the accelerator quite hard in terms of getting excited about about things might get a lot better a lot sooner. So the car is accelerating, but the only way we're driving and the only place we're looking is in the rearview mirror and 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 looking at that rearview mirror to help us decide whether to turn left or right. And and I think that's really dangerous. So you know, it, it, the one thing we've always got as as Private investors making our own investment decisions is we we don't need to be part of of the kind of fund manager herd and and the the kind of mass hysteria whether it's you know good news or bad news or whatever the deal is we we can make our own decisions and and I think that's my re- my real big comment for for people on, on now is just just take a bit of time don't make big decisions either way you know if you're if you're really kind of bleak about the markets and and super pessimistic that that's okay I mean you know we we, we have reason to be but that doesn't mean that there is no good news on the horizon. Equally, if if you're kind of, you know, the, the glass is like 90% full all the time kind of a person, maybe just hang on a bit and be a little bit slow to kind of jump on the bandwagon and accelerate your investment portfolio in anticipation of a lot of growth next year. I, I, I think we'll, I'm I'm hopeful that that's the case, but I'm certainly not going to commit money for that direction. and And maybe, it's kind of a long-winded way to say, you know, if you've got a decent kind of selection of investments and you've got a nice spread of investments, don't, don't become too optimistic, too pessimistic now and, and be very slow to make big decisions and big changes now, uh, I, I think you know patience here and a bit of fortitude in terms of not not panicking and uh, uh, is is good. But but equally, don't don't be don't don't kind of get caught by you know the first big prediction. I think we're already getting it from some of the big fund managers saying, "Gee, the rand's going to be a twenty fifteen, you know, oh, sorry, fifteen fifty, you know, in, in next year and and you know everything's going to be amazing." Uh, uh, it might be, but you don't need to invest according to a prediction. You can wait and see how the story unfolds a bit. Okay,
0: good. I think we've covered the bases there. We've got quite a long voice note that's come through from Wentworth this evening. Uh, My only request is I I want to play the whole of Wentworth's uh, voice note. I'm told it's very good, Um, but it's quite long. Uh, Please, uh, we'd love your questions, and we'd love you to do what Wentworth has done. We'd love you to do um, what somebody else has done this evening and send us an emailed question. But please keep them as short as you can. Uh, voice notes tend to allow people the space to ramble a little bit. I don't think Wentworth rambled. So let's have a listen to Wentworth's question and then come back to that answer with that. And a question that says, my portfolio, local and offshore, has taken quite a knock since the start of the year. As I'm guessing with most investors, I am quite heavily tilted towards shares. Is now a good time to introduce some bonds to my portfolio. I think it's a nice way of also sort of wrapping up the first bit of what we've been talking about this evening, Warren. But first, have a listen to Wentworth. Good evening gentlemen i just wanted to say a
2: huge fan of the show and thank you for taking the time to address my question in summary i just wanted to go through about five points um i stick to a monthly budget i have my insurances in place estate planning i have a trust a company and i purchased a property from through that company my wife is currently also consulting and invoicing through the company at this stage so we have one property in the portfolio looking to grow it but i I do understand Warren has some some ideas about that and I'm also relooking really looking at that myself estate planning wise sorry I just mentioned that retirement planning I've got an RA with a company called 10x I find their fees to be reasonably low I'm in a high equity fund and there's about 1.1 bar in there at this stage tax-free savings account is again with a company called ETFSA and there i'm putting the monthly 3k a month away emergency fund is set at about 240k i have no consumer debt or cars motorbikes everything is paid off Uh, we are renting Um, i used to own got out of that Um, that was a big mess don't want to rent i don't want to own until i found our forever home and so i believe fully what warren says about eight to ten years then i will look at a place and when we do It'll be a place with a kind of a granny flat so that we can obviously rent that out at a later stage um, should someone pass away or um, an opportunity comes up to come actually on, use Speed our liability as an asset, so to speak. My big question, guys, oh. is that my father recently passed away. I've come into a little bit of money. Um, I'm looking at about a bar or 900k. That's after I take my emergency fund out. My big question is: I'm a I'm a fan of easy equities. I'm a fan of ETFs. Um, I do like individual stocks. However, I'm not smart enough or have the time to do that yet. I just wanted to know what would be the best strategy to ran cost average in with the say 860 900 k over the next few months. I know that the markets are in a bit of a downturn, and um, with that in mind, I'm not trying to catch the bottom. But I, I also am, not sure if I should put in 50,000 Rand. I know that I should do something like uh, a diversified portfolio, so like a Satrix top 40, 50, or 60, perhaps. Okay, and I th- Wentworth.
0: I think I th- Wentworth. Jeez, I've never had a more detailed uh, self analysis, and it's impressive. Please don't do that again. It's lovely. It's really as good for context. But uh, we do need to get through more content this evening. So I think we've got a very nice picture of it. And I'm so grateful that you sent the question, Wedworth, uh, because you are very disciplined. Um, Warren can give us a quick analysis of that in a moment. Um, I love how you say, I am not smart enough to, to go and buy individual shares. Just forget that. You know, and, and for the vast majority of us, I think that's the case. It's the case that we don't have the time and the energy uh, and the aptitude for it. So I think you're, you're spot on on that particular front. Uh, but yeah, so very thoughtful. Thank you. We'll analyze it in just a moment. Uh, Wentworth, love to hear from you again. Shorter messages, please. That goes for everyone. But good one. Thank you, Wentworth. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. I think Wentworth's very detailed question, Warren, went to the core of what we're talking about going towards 2023 and how he's magnificently disciplined and is so well structured across so many aspects, but has got this um, small windfall which is coming in his way. And I'm sure he's grateful to his dad for leaving him 900,000 rand or thereabouts. And he's thinking exactly the right way about how to apply that money, isn't he? Can I
1: just say, I think we should have an hour show just dedicated to Wentworth. I mean, what a fabulous <laughs> set of, of yeah. circumstances. He's listened to our show for years. He's, he's disciplined, rigorous, and it's fantastic. I was, I was so happy to, to hear that question. I was sad that you stopped it. I know why you did, but, but gee, we should get him back, Bruce. So, I haven't got um, time.
0: There's not enough time. <laughs> no shame. He's, thank but, you, Wentworth. We're grateful.
1: So let's look at uh, at the situation. I mean, I think when you've got a lump sum and and the markets are down and we don't know when the where the bottom is, we never will and, until until it's already passed. The the one big decision there is, uh, do you phase the money in? So do you feed it in in equal portions over a period of time? I, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't go and invest the whole 900,000 in, into the markets in, in one shot. Uh, I, I would feed it in. The the debate is then how long went with, and, and my suggestion when, when we've had such a big drop in in markets all around the world, is is you know don't do it over twelve months, which would you know be, be my kind of normal uh, idea. I, I think you can you can actually use the the low market uh, value. So I think the, the price earnings ratio of the market is good, and and therefore choose somewhere around three to six months. You know, so you take that for argument's sake. You take nine hundred thousand divided by six, whatever that is per month. Put that into the markets um, in equal amounts for for the six month period. Um, and then because Wentworth's got a business and uh, um, a, a property investment in South Africa, um, I, I think he's got to kind of build up the global, the global exposure as well. So, so by all means, you know, buy the top 40 index with a portion of the money and do it equally. But, but I would say maybe do two-thirds global and, and one-third local. In other words, to, you know, take uh, 600,000, I hope my maths is right, Bruce, and, and put 600,000 into the world markets and do that, you know, uh, 100 a month. And and then take three hundred thousand and put that into the top forty and do that at fifty a month and and I think that that would be a really nice strategy for the next 5-10 years as you said the markets might go down but 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 you, you you are going to be buying you know both the local and global markets I think at very good PE ratios so you I don't think you're a great decision a decade from now you might be very unhappy in
0: six months from now but that's okay. There are very few things worse than losing money, but losing money that's been left as a bequest to you. I think it takes on an additional level of responsibility. You feel responsible not only to yourself and your own future, but you feel responsible to the person who left it to you to treat it with the respect that it deserves. I mean, here's somebody who made sacrifices in their life to make sure that you had something uh, once they were gone. And you've you've got to respect that, don't you?
1: And and I mean just I mean just listen to Wentworth. I mean I, I just want to kind of put him in boxes and sell him, you know, and, and kind of whatever that magic is. That fairy dust that he's got, let's let's take the Wentworth dust and pass it along to everyone else because he's got it absolutely down pat. No debt. You know, he's he's got the renting thing. But, I mean, the only comment there, which which was, I mean, I think he understands. But just for 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 our listeners, is you know, buy the house that you're going to stay in for eight to ten years or longer. So so don't wait eight to ten years. It's Just buy the house that you plan to stay in. But but I mean, gee, he's you know, he's listening. You can hear Bruce. He's been listening to us for years, and, and it's all landed. And he's taken the good and he's ignored whatever rubbish we we might have said along the way by accident. So so I'm so chuffed with that. I, I promise you, it's made my day. Wonderful. I'm
0: so glad to make your day, Warren. Well, Wentworth made your day. I didn't. Uh, And then the other question we've got, which is kind of similar, I suppose. um, My portfolio, local and offshore, has taken quite a knock since the start of the year. I'm guessing, as with most investors, I'm quite heavily tilted towards shares. Is now a good time to introduce some bonds into my portfolio?
1: So, so I mean, just to explain the, the role of bonds is it, it's in most instances, except for the first six months of this year, it's a very nice diversifier away from shares. So in most market conditions, when the stock market goes down, bonds will tend to hold their value or, or, or sometimes even go, go up because of inflation and, and what's going on with interest rates that didn't work this year. But but that's not to say it doesn't work again in the future. So, so bonds are there to, to help as a stabilizer in a, in a portfolio, but they're not going to be a massive source of capital growth. and your, your biggest source of capital growth will be shares. So I think for people that have got a very long time horizon, you know, we're talking you know, 10 years and longer, having a large weighting in shares makes sense, and then having a smaller weighting in in bonds does make sense to me. I, I think it is a good call. I wouldn't be too kind of market-timey about it. In other words, don't, don't say, well, conditions are now that I'll, I'll go from cash into bonds and and then maybe out of bonds again. I think it make it as a structural decision, but, but certainly, you know, interest rates i mean we as we said earlier they might not be peaked yet but they will be peaking in the next while you know whether it's 6 months or a year who knows uh, and and that will be when when bond prices will stop falling i guess uh, and and so yes do do add some some bonds to your portfolio but do it gradually and and especially global bonds. You know, I mean, someone described global bonds for for quite a few years as return-free risk, and and that was a very prescient statement. I think you know we, we we've seen it now. But but I think that that story might be over, and they might start to deliver. Some growth, both in the form of income and and maybe a bit of capital growth. So, sure, add the bonds. Uh, S A bonds are, are, are a good investment. They have been for quite some time. So, so I, don't, I don't mind the bonds. Just don't overweight bonds um, at the cost of, of the stock market, which is your engine of, of growth as far as I'm concerned.
0: Uh, and it's really important. I mean, people uh, again, people say, "Oh, you, yeah, Warren, you can't buy South African bonds. South Africa's going bankrupt, and South Africa was at risk of going bankrupt. Certainly two or three years ago, it felt very, very close to the edge. And of course, n- you never say never. But you know adults are in charge. Uh, the politics of South Africa is fraught and complicated and messy, but I think we've had uh, some indications of s- perhaps some greater stability for the next you know, foreseeable future anyway. Um, and, you know, debt to uh, debt to uh, our debt uh, levels are, are rising, but as a percentage GDP. of GDP are, are, are calming a little bit down to below 75%. Just a couple of po- slightly more positive indicators. They're not good indicators, but they're more positive than they were two or three years ago when the doomsayers were telling. Us to run for the hills,
1: and you know, and very interesting that if you look at some of the of the fund managers that are sort of accustomed to swimming against the tide, you know, they were loading up on on some of the government bonds a couple of years ago because they really liked the yield that you could get. You know, so when you bought it. Uh, it, um, you, you're kind of locking in maybe ten or eleven percent, uh, you know, interest on on the capital that you put in, and and you know that that shouldn't uh, you know you shouldn't dismiss that kind of interest in a in a fund, uh, and 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 I think we're we're in that space now for a lot of individuals. I mean, I, I'm looking at RSA retail bonds; they're offering very good rates. You know, just just be careful of the income tax you're going to pay. But but I agree, Bruce. I mean, I think you know you know being totally pessimistic about the the, the prospects of the country kind of going you know going uh, to, over the cliff. I, I think. It's, it's not right to say that. The, the countries will be able to fund its debt for quite some time, even if the policies go bad again. And I agree with you. I think we're incrementally getting better day by day. SARS is certainly doing a better job all the time. And I think we need to look at those things as, as good for the bond market and, and good for the, the government's ability to pay its
0: bonds for the next while. Thank you, Warren Ingram, Executive Director at Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor and fanboy. Number one of tonight's big question.